Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. First off, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas with your family. I hope you made lots of cool memories with your kids. I really hope that none of the aunts and uncles and grandparents bought your kids, especially if they're young like mine, those dumb, stupid little trinkety toys. You know, the ones that you see at the checkout line in the store, your kid spots it and they're like, oh God, I can't live without this. And if they happen to get one of those dumb little toys, three hours later, they've completely forgot that it even existed. They wind up on the floor, you step on it, You end up in the hospital, and then you have some huge medical expense because you had to have your foot reconstructed. I really, I I pray to God (laughs) that no one got your kids toys like that. Hopefully everything is good and practical, things that they will enjoy for a long time, or experiences that you and your kids can share together to make even more memories. But most of all, I hope that you took some time to remember the reason for the season, and if you didn't, you still can, and that you thank to God for the gift that he's given to each and every one of us that allows us to enjoy all of the other gifts of life and that most importantly enables us to be gift givers ourselves so that we can join him in his mission in the world. But 2023 is just a few days away. The new year is approaching and as our custom typically is in our culture, we take some time to revisit our goals and our dreams, ambitions, and aspirations that we have for ourselves. We peek back at those 2022 resolutions that we made that we failed to execute, and then we draft new resolutions. One thing that I hope we all do when it comes to resolutions is that we think of them differently. Rather than resolutions being a a bandage or a quick fix to who we find ourselves to be in this moment, How about we make them the initial steps to becoming disciplined so that year after year, we can be the man that we want to be? I think that would be a better approach to resolution. So I hope that you join me in that. I'm going to do my best to make that my practice. But what I'm hoping to convey to you this week and next week is a value, a value of your identity as a father a value on fatherhood that says this is worth working on, that I should give time and attention to this, that I should strive to be a better dad and to strive to be a better dad every day. What I would love for you to do is write down two or three things that you're pretty confident you could do better as a dad. Maybe it's just being more present and more engaged when you're at home with the kids. Maybe it's taking that breath before you correct your child. You know what I'm talking about, and you know what your issues are. We all have our unique struggles. Maybe some of them are similar, but by and large, we're all unique, and we all have different things that we deal with. So write yours down, be mindful of them, and work on them. And if you'll do that, I believe, I know that you'll see some significant change in how you father your children. But what I want to do this week and next week is share four fundamental basics of fatherhood. I want us to work on these basic principles of fatherhood and give extra special attention to them starting this year, but let it continue year after year, because something remarkable happens when we give attention 
to the basics and to the fundamentals, and we can master these concepts. So I want to share two with you today, but first I want to tell you a story. I was so impressed by this story. I watched a snippet of a program, and a man was talking about his encounter with Kobe Bryant. And they were at some weekend event, and he bumped into Kobe, and he took advantage of this opportunity. He said, Kobe, I would love to watch you during one of your one-on-one practices where you're working with your trainer. I'd love to see what you do. So Kobe said, you can meet me at the gym tomorrow morning at 4 a.m. The guy showed up and he tried to impress Kobe. He showed up at 3.30, but he found out that the gym lights were on. And when he walked inside, Kobe was already in a full sweat doing a personal warm-up before his trainer ever got there. So the guy takes a seat on the bench and speaks to no one, says nothing. He's just a fly on the wall. The trainer shows up, Kobe and the trainer get to work, and the guy's really confused. He said he sat there and watched Kobe do basic, fundamental drills, the stuff that you do when you're on the high school basketball squad. He's practicing free throws. He's dribbling. He's doing footwork techniques. He's doing passing drills, the basics. And then the session was over. So the guy stood up, again, said nothing, left, and was baffled. He could not understand why Kobe Bryant, the greatest basketball player on the planet at the time, without question, would practice such fundamental basics for the game of basketball. So later that evening, when he bumped into him again, he said, Kobe, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to sit in on the practice, but I've got to ask you something. He said, Kobe, you're the greatest basketball player in the world. But when you practice, you're just doing basic fundamental drills. And I can't wrap my head around that. He said, Kobe looked at him and said, why do you think I'm the greatest basketball player in the world? And it was at that time that the guy got the revelation of the importance of the basics and the fundamentals. Kobe Bryant attributed his greatness to his passion for and his discipline of the fundamentals of the game of basketball. And I believe that that ideology holds true for fatherhood. That if we can have a passion for and a discipline of the basics, the fundamentals of fatherhood, I believe that we can go beyond being better dads every day, but that definitely will happen. But we will ultimately be great fathers who make a great impact and impression on our children, and then they will grow up and be influencers to the people that they come in contact with. They will be positive agents of change in their world in a greater capacity than we ever will be. And I think that's remarkable, and I think that's something that's worth working toward. I mean, we really are fathering our future, and this is something that we need to commit to. So the two fundamental basics of fatherhood that I want to share with you today, communication and grace. But let's start first with communication since guys really like to talk so much. And obviously, you know that that's not the case. We don't really like to talk all that much. Now, we do put a lot of time and a lot of effort and thought into our speech and to our communication when it comes to our career, our occupation. Whether you own a business or you work for another company, you are always thinking, how do I say this? How do I present this? How do I type out this email? How do I word it just Right, because your speech is going to give you connections. It's going to potentially get you a promotion and a bonus and a raise. It's going to draw in other investors or partnerships. How you present yourself, how you can communicate with other people 
says a lot about you, and it gets you a lot of good things in life. And so when it comes to our careers, we devote all of this mental energy to our speech. And by the time we get home, we are spent. And we just want to sit there mindlessly and relax. Just turn our brain off and give it some time to rest. The problem with that is we are way, way (laughs) out of whack with our value system. Because your career is temporary, but your family is eternal. You will always and forever be a dad. You will always be a father. That will not change. But there will come a day where you step down as founder and CEO. There will come a day where you retire. There's going to be a day where your career and your occupation are behind you. But that will never be the case with your identity as a father. You will always and forever be a dad. And the eternal always outweighs the temporary. So I want to encourage you that when you get home, that this is when you really turn your brain on. That yes, it's important to present yourself well in your career, but it's that much more important to do it in the home. You are doing something of greater value in your home than you are in the office. And I want you to be mindful of that. But I don't think the talking part is the real big challenge that we face as fathers when it comes to communication. I think it's the listening part. And with communication, that's the other side of the coin. Yes, it's talking, it's speech. But maybe the most important aspect of communication is listening. You have got to listen to your kids. I know it's very easy to think, I've lived longer than them. I know a lot more. I can hear what they're saying, but do I really need to listen? Because what are they really going to teach me? I think of this from a biblical perspective. Jesus teaches and tells us, he instructs us to be like children. And the reality is, children are very basic. They live in the basics. So if we want to master the basics, it might be good for us from time to time to listen to what they have to say about the basic reality that they find themselves in. And trust me, your kids will teach you a thing or two from time to time, but you've got to listen. The other thing that's good about listening is you actually get to hear what they're going through, what they're facing, what their challenges are, what their mistakes are. You get to hear these things, and this gives you the opportunity to speak with greater authority and more poignant to what they need you to be speaking to. If your kid's not struggling with a particular thing, but you're always bringing it up because you're worried that they're going to mess up with this, then you're probably doing more harm than good. But if you're actually allowing your kids to speak and you're listening to what they're dealing with, it gives you the opportunity to actually figure out what their struggle point is, and then you can more appropriately speak into their life and help them. The other thing that's really good about this, if you're really listening, whenever you speak to them, you'll have the the capability of recalling something that they trusted you with one, two, three months ago. And that shows that you care, because not only does it show that you listened, but it shows that you thought about it enough to put it into your memory. And now they know, Dad listens to me, and Dad really contemplates the things that I share with him. So it displays that you care. But one of the things that's very important for us to be mindful of when it comes to listening is taking our ego and our pride and laying it to the side. You cannot be an egoist and listen to your kids the right way. 
Because what you will do is when your kid comes to you and says, dad, I messed up, I made a mistake, you'll immediately puff up and think, how could you do this to me? You'll think that your kid's mistakes are a stain on your reputation or that they speak poorly of you as a father. And that's not the case. The reality is kids are kids. Kids are going to make mistakes. Kids are going to do dumb things. If you'll be honest with yourself, you still do dumb things. Your kid is going to do dumb things and make mistakes. You have to lay your pride to the side and just listen. Treat them respectfully like they're a human, like they're an adult, and have the conversations that you need to have. I'm so I'm so glad, and this is not to boast of myself, but I'm so glad that I've listened to others enough to put a value on communication. So my son the other day, I was picking him up from school and we're walking away, we're walking to the vehicle, and he said, Daddy, I did not have a good day today. And historically, when he has had some trouble at school, he's six. When he's had trouble at school, he typically doesn't want to tell us. Now, the teachers communicate with us, so we generally know. But in all the times that I have talked to him about things that he's done at school, every conversation ends with, Franklin, you just need to tell me what's going on. Confide in me about what happens at school, whether it is good or bad, because I'm not here to just say you're in trouble or to take a toy away until you change your behavior. I'm not here to do things like that. I'm here to help you. I'm here to guide you and give you the advice that you need to change your behavior so that you can be more successful in life. Talk to daddy, talk to mommy, because all we want to do is help you. And I've conveyed that message enough that he has trusted me and he has found that I am true to my word. So when he confided in me and said, dad, I didn't have a good day today, I had, the, I, I had the opportunity there to either get mad and say, what did you do? Or I had the opportunity to say, well, what happened? And just to listen. And then as I listened, I had the opportunity to walk through what he did and what he was thinking and why he did things the way that he did things and to help him. But you will not have the opportunity to do that with your children unless you learn to listen. And I understand that my situation with my son is one thing. He's six. There's only so much bad that he can do. But there will come a time, and you might already be here, when kids turn into teenagers, and then they can actually get themselves into a lot more trouble than a six-year-old can. But if you want that, that space, that opportunity, where you can speak into your child's life and say, okay, you've messed up, But let me take the lead on this. Follow my instruction. Let me guide you, and we will get through this, and we'll do it together. If you want to have that platform, that starts with you listening conversationally. That starts with you doing things like this at a young age. And if, God forbid, you have a child who at 15 comes home and says, Hey, Dad, uh, I'm pregnant. Rather than you losing your cool and trying to figure out who you have to go shoot and kill, you listen, and you control your temper, and you speak to your daughter, and you say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get through this. We are going to do it together. And that's when you have the opportunity and the trust equity to stand up and be the dad that you need to be in that moment. But it starts with listening 
even to the small things. Communication is a basic that we constantly need to work on. The next thing that I want to talk to you about is grace. From the Christian perspective, grace is a big deal because I realize that every single day I'm broken. Every single day I make mistakes, yet God is still faithful to me. God's still good to me. God still gives me things that I do not deserve. And that's what grace is. Grace is unmerited or undeserved favor. You need to be this way with your children. They are not always going to be perfect. You need to have that expectation. But just because they fall short doesn't mean that you rob them of something that they should have. From your perspective as a dad, from their perspective, they probably shouldn't get it. But from your perspective as a father, you should be wanting to dispense grace. I think the greatest parable that Jesus tells that really captures grace is what we, I think, wrongfully dubbed the story of the prodigal son. It's not really about the lost son. It's more about the father, but that's a different theological topic for another podcast. The point is, Jesus tells this story about a man who had two sons, and the younger son comes to him, and he says, look, Dad, I'd like to take my inheritance early, which is an uncommon practice, and he goes away, and he doesn't just spend all of his money on a business venture gone bad. Like That's one thing, but it would be a lot different if someone says, man, how'd you lose all your money? Well, I spent it on alcohol and prostitutes. That would be a bit of a different conversation. That's one of those things where you don't really give the details. Just It's a long story, too many details, don't worry about it, I'm broke. But that's what happened. And the guy brings shame to himself and honestly probably brought shame to his family and to the name. And he's on his way back home. And the Bible says that when he's still a great distance from the house, he sees someone running to him. It turns out to be his dad. His dad tackles him with this loving embrace. He kisses him on his neck. Now, remember, this guy has been working with animals, craving to eat the slop that the pigs get to consume. He's filthy. He's got dirt, and God only knows what else on his person. And this father absorbs that disgusting who knows what onto his fine garments, kisses the mess and stench on his son's neck, And his son tries to apologize, but the father is not even willing to allow him to finish the apology. The son was coming back to say, let me be a servant. But the father saw his son and immediately recognized, he doesn't look like my son, but he is my son and he needs to look this way. So he calls for the servants and he says, he's supposed to have shoes on his feet, go get him some shoes. Because in that day and age, If you were part of the family, you could wear shoes throughout the house and all the time. The servants were not allowed to wear shoes in the house. But he was a son, and he needed to have some shoes on. His robes were, and his garments were filthy and probably torn. He said, go get him a new robe. He looked at his hand. He said, he's missing his ring. Go get him a ring. And at this point, what's so bizarre is when the Bible speaks of this ring, it's a signet ring that essentially works as a credit card for the family. He could go out on behalf of the family and make purchases as long as he had the ring on. This son who wasted his inheritance is now essentially given a credit card for the family with no limit. This is what the father does for this son because he recognizes him as his son and he wants him to walk 
in that identity. But the greatest thing that I find out about this story is that the father was waiting and watching. His son is still a great distance from the house, but he's already running to him. It wasn't coincidence. There's no indication that God spoke to him and said, run because your son's down there. He's watching. He's watching the road to the house. And when he sees that shadowy, discouraged figure, he takes off. And I think what we ought to get from this is that as fathers, we should be looking, waiting, and watching for opportunities to dispense grace to our children. We are where we are today only because of God's grace for us. That will hold true for our children. They will be able to get to the high places that they get to in life because we were willing to dispense grace to them while they were in our care. These are the two things that I really want us to focus on as we start 2023. How are we communicating with our children? Are we talking to them? And most importantly, are we really listening? And are we listening with our pride and ego set aside? And secondly, are we giving them grace? Are we looking and waiting for moments where we can dispense grace to our children to remind them that they belong to us? That's the beautiful thing about grace is that it brings you back into relationship. Grace says, I know you messed up, but you are mine. And because you are mine, I'm going to give you this because I see value in your identity. I see value in our relationship. That's what grace does. Grace is such a wonderful thing. And we ought to be encouraged and happy that we have the ability and the opportunity and the privilege to dispense grace ourselves and to dispense that grace to our children. So as we start 2023, the two things that I want you to focus on, communication and grace. And next week, I'll give you the other two. But for now, let's start here. I hope you have a very happy new year. And thank you again for being a part of this effort to impact the future by being mindful and being in great relationship with our children in the home. This is Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you so much for being with me, and I hope you'll join me next time.